get your Bible out, turn to Galatians chapter 6 this morning. Whatever you use as your Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, your whatever. Your Bible. Get whatever that is out and turn to Galatians chapter 6. I want to talk about something today, but before I do that, I want to tell you a little bit about a meeting we had this morning in my office. Every Sunday before we come out, I meet with the leadership team, the ministry team that's going to be leading you and me, and we pray together. We make sure that we are of one mind, one spirit, and we come out here prepared prepared to release to you, prepared to speak to you, and um, whatever it is that the Father wants to give to us. And every time that we gather, I always ask, what are you hearing of the group that is gathered in that room? The group changes. It's like an amoeba from time to time. There's different people that are in there, but it changes from time to time. And, and I said, what are you hearing today? And Tim Carney said, he said, I'm hearing something that I want to ask you. I hear a question that I would like to ask you if that's not out of order. And I said, no, I would, in fact, appreciate, or whatever, I don't remember the exact words, but basically let him know I, would, I wanted to hear it. And he said, is there, where's, is Tim in the room or is he in children's church? He's in children's church. I wanted to get the question exactly right. But Tim asked me the question, basically, to paraphrase it. Tim said, is there anything that you have, what's the word he used? Can anybody remember that? challenging anything in you that's challenging right now and I said interestingly enough yes the word I'm preaching today not because it's a word I haven't preached before in fact I've preached this subject before but I don't know that I've ever preached the subject with the weightiness that I have it today now the message is not going to be I believe weighty it's not even going to be long but the word that he gave me and what I'm sharing with you today is to answer the uh, that's why question, remember this month we've been, I've been teaching a series called That's Why, answering questions. Why did this happen? Well, that's why. So I've been teaching the That's Why series. And today I'm going to be talking about something that I think, I believe, and know in my heart to be true. It is important that we understand the that's why of the subject I'm about to speak of. And this, for me, when he said that, I said to him, I said, well... The reason this subject is a challenge, and I'm going to tell you what it's about, it's about sowing and giving. Why do we sow? Why do we give? I'm never bothered. It's never in uh, 30 years. I just celebrated 30 years in ministry. I've never one time that I've ever talked about sowing and giving, tithe and offering, any of that. I've never one time that I recall ever felt reluctant in any way to speak about that. I don't have the hindrances. I don't care what you think. I care what you learn. I don't care about what you think. I care about what you learn. Did you get that? It's not mean, it's not ugly, it's the truth, and it's the kind of truth that will actually cause us to grow. What you think is irrelevant. What you position yourself to learn means everything. Do you get that this morning? Write that down. Somebody needs to tweet that. So, and then tag the rock. So, for me to stand and to teach that, it's never bothered me, and then I get to this. And I'm preparing for this that's why sowing and giving and there's a sense of I'll use Tim's word challenge because I recognize something about sowing and giving that is deep it has a lot of roots the roots on the subject of giving 
expand into places that are uncomfortable for some and so incredibly engaging for others. For some, it gets into the soil of who you are and in its process of developing roots, it begins to split the dirt and it is that for some is like, ow, oh, I feel the splitting going on in the soil of who I am. And for others, the roots get into that place as it splits the soil. It's like, ow, oh, I feel growth. I feel something amazing happening in me. And it begins to push things aside. So those roots, even though it gets in, going into the ground, it has a different impact on each of us. And I want to talk about this today. So I said the challenge for me is to help people understand this morning. Not be concerned about what you think. Be more concerned about what you can grow into. Anybody going to strike hands with me on that? I don't want to be concerned about what you think. And I'm not going to be concerned about what you think. In fact, I'm not even going to care about what you think. If you're a visitor here today, don't think for a second. This guy just doesn't even care about me. I really do care about you. I care about you so much, I don't care what you think. I care about you so much that your mindset right now is irrelevant to me. It's relevant to the Father. What's important to me right now is that I release to you the word he put in me to give to all of us in this, that's under the sound of my voice today, this thing that can actually produce something amazing in our lives. Are you ready for that? Do you want to see what you haven't? Do you want to hear what you haven't? Do you want your heart to be prepared to receive what it couldn't? Let's go. Let's get to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. Before I read that, though, I do have to say this. I was listening the other day. I was on my way, actually, to this meeting that we were at with Francis and Susie in Orlando. And my wife recently heard a speaker speak, and she has told me about this particular person numerous times. Some of you may be familiar with him. I was not. Uh, I am now. I'm very interested in him now. But um, I was not. So we were on our way over on Friday morning about an hour drive from the house and my wife has this thing playing on her iPod and it's coming through the speakers of the car and the speaker's name is Marios Alinas. Has anybody ever heard of Marios Alinas? Am I saying that right? Marios, Mario, Marios Alinas. Have you ever heard of him, Francis? You'll love him. So Marios Alinas. So she's got this guy playing and he's talking. He's the guy that wrote the book Weaponized Honor. And He's, he's a pastor in Connecticut, and it's a kingdom house, and, but he, I've learned a little bit about him since Friday morning, not a lot, but I will learn more. In fact, I'm going to go actually see him. And, um, but I was listening to the, to the podcast, and as he began to say something, it caught my attention because of what we believe in this house. Let me share with you some of the things that he said. Again, I want to give credit to whom credit is due, so if you're watching online today, understand that this will not be edited out, but this is a reference to a word Mario Alinas spoke, and he said this. He said, the heart of the sower is a mindset. just consider that for a minute most powerful word in the English language is the word consider let's consider that for a moment the heart of the sower is a mindset the sower 
sees himself as an abundant reaper because that is his mind. <laughs> Hold on. See? The heart of the sower, the revelation of the sower is a mindset. He sees himself as an abundant reaper because that is his mind. And then he said, if you see yourself as a bountiful reaper, you see the end from the beginning. I tell the guys that preach here all the time, everybody that's ever preached in this pulpit will tell you I've told them the same thing before they preached. You need to know where you're going before you know where you're starting. Know how you want to wrap it up before you know how you want to get going. What do you want people to leave with? And then build backwards. If you see yourself as a bountiful reaper, you will easily become a bountiful sower. That's pretty cool to me, isn't it, Brian? If I can get that, if I can get that, that's pretty cool to me. There's so much to that. If I can see myself as a bountiful reaper, then I can expect what it is going to take to become that. My mind begins to shift to the point that I see myself as a reaper, and if I can accept that I am a reaper, by default, I will be a sower. You've got to get that. Galatians 6, 7 reads like this. Do not be deceived. God is not made a fool of. He is not mocked. For whatever one sows that will he also reap. The Greek word for sows is spiro, spiro, spiro. I'm not sure exactly which way you say that. But spiro, which means to be strengthened through extension. Did you hear that? The Greek word for this word sow means to be strengthened by extending or through extension. In other words, putting away from me. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one extends, puts away, gets out there, by that he will be strengthened. Come on, somebody. You got to get what I'm telling you right now. If I will get it out there, I will be strengthened by the very thing. What happens is, and we're going to talk about it in a moment, you get what I'm saying today. Get it, get it. You've got to get it. Holy Spirit, help us today. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Amen, 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 amen. To all your words and promises today to the revelation that exists in you, to the knowledge and the wisdom that exists in you that is present in all of us today. Out of it we draw, we draw, we draw today from those places. So he said, do not be deceived. This is for real. 
What I'm telling you is not a joke. Haley, what I'm speaking to you right now is the absolute truth and there is not anything outside of this that is. This is the relevant truth. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that he will also reap. And it all happens by extension. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Are you ready for this? Wow, this first one is really tough. In fact, when, I, when Holy Spirit gave me this question, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to ask that because I don't want to put people in a position. I like to keep honest people honest. I, I'd say to my dad when I was a kid and we would go somewhere and, and it would be in different situations and we would say, be somewhere, something would be happening. And, and my dad would say, about the barn, for instance. I'll just give an example. But out in the back, he had a shed, not a barn. But he had a shed way out in the back of the, of the yard. He had a three-acre piece of land. And, and uh, on that land, there's this red, little red shed that was out there. And he always put a lock on it. And I thought, it's so far behind the house, Dad. There is no way. If somebody wanted to get into this thing, they're going to cut that lock off. I mean, anybody can cut a lock off. This barn, this shed is falling apart. They could just pull the board off and walk behind it. They leave the lock on. And uh, my dad would always say to me, when I, whenever I questioned anything like that, he said, yes, but it will keep an honest man honest. You can't do anything about the crooked guy. But if you want to keep an honest man honest, an honest man will look at that and say, oh, they don't want me in here, so I'm an honest guy. I won't go. But the crooked man's going to look at it and say, they don't want me in here. Wow, well, how many ways can I snatch that thing off of there? So I want to keep an honest man honest with this question. So I was hesitant because I thought, well, I know what most of the people are going to say when I ask this question. But I also know what the other side is. So let me ask you, ready? Are you such a believer in giving? <laughs> Hold on. You ready? Let's try this again. Let's get a good run at it. <laughs> Are you such a believer in giving that if I didn't give you opportunity like I did a few moments ago, you would still give? Do you have that revelation? Be careful. 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 Careful then why is it when I'm out of town, tithing offering goes down? Is it because the pastors don't receive it as well as I do? Yeah, bless the Lord. This is fun. These are the things I love. These are the moments I live for. Thank you, Yahweh. <laughs> Let's ask this question again. I want you to keep an honest man honest. Be careful. Don't, don't amen anything. Don't wiggle your ear or scratch your nose or anything too soon. Are you such 
a believer in giving that if I, we had worship and I started preaching, it would bother you so much you would get on your, get your checkbook out, you would make sure and pay your tithe, you would not leave this place without making sure that you put the seed in the ground. Are you such a, do you have that revelation? What if I never stood Let me tell you. Thanks, Steve. Think about what you're saying before you say it. Yes. Wisdom. <laughs> Wisdom. <laughs> Wisdom. See, sometimes you need to draw out of wisdom because if you draw out of knowledge, that's based on what you've learned from the past. Wisdom presents an opportunity for what you haven't learned yet in the future, but it's now becoming present. Wisdom is what becomes a present reality. So I want to draw out of wisdom because if I draw out of knowledge, I know for a fact if I never receive tithe and offering in the front of this building again, there is a chunk of people that would never, they're looking for the opportunity for the basket to not be passed symbolically. Did I say that? Did I say that? I said it. Wow, that's cool. Hmm. Huh. I'm not trying to make anybody nervous. I'm trying to get everybody living within your possibility. This is not a prosperity gospel. I don't understand that. When people talk about preaching a prosperity gospel, Tom, I don't understand that because that's our promise. Why do I need that gospel? I was born to prosper. Do you have, everybody say, that revelation? That if we didn't meet, do you remember let me tell you the first experience. How many of you were here, not many, but how many of you were here the seven years of July beginning in 2001? Two. 2002. Just a few. For seven years in a row, we closed the church for the month of July. Did not meet. Y'all remember that? Every friend that I had, all of them, that were in ministry, including my spiritual father that I looked to, he was encouraging but concerned. <laughs> because in his world, it was like, what's this going to cost me? <laughs> 
And I said to them, before we did that the first time, I said, I'm going to close the church in the month of July. It's a word to me so that the fathers can minister to the families. And I'm going to find out if I'm teaching something or if all I'm doing is talking every week. The only way to know that is for me to close my mouth. If what I'm saying is not duplicated in you, if what I'm saying is not, not duplicated, that's a terrible word. If what I'm saying is not transferred to you and you grow from that, I'm failing. And we watched and the people and all of my friends said to me, you will destroy the church. You will have nobody left when you come back. Every time we came back, we had more than in August than we left in June. Every time. You might ask, why don't we do that anymore? Because I like to preach. <laughs> he said it was done. He said it was done. But there was increase. Always increase. Let me move along. So are you such a believer in sowing that if I did not give opportunity, you would still sow? Do you have that revelation? Do you? Are you such a believer in reaping that you have, as Marios said it, you have a bountiful sower mindset? Are you such a believer in reaping I'm going to help you today Are you such a believer in reaping How many love a harvest I love a harvest I grew up my father was a gardener he was a farmer but he when I was born he was a gardener I'm glad because the farming life, I was not a Green Acres guy. But we loved, I loved it when I would go out and I would pick the okra in the garden because I loved what was coming. Coming. I loved picking the raspberries because I ate as many as I picked. Hated picking the tomatoes because I hated those big, huge green worms that were on there. Caterpillars, whatever they are. Tomato worms. But are you such a believer in reaping that you have a bountiful sower mindset? In other words, I believe so much in reaping that when I sow, I'm going to sow to the harvest. Do you sow, do you have that revelation? And I'm asking because do you sow to the law or do you sow to the harvest? Do you give to the law or do you give to the harvest? I said to my leadership team this morning before we came out here, I said to them, I said, I'm going to this week go through all of the leadership, all the ministry leadership, and I'm going to look at their tithe and offering record. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to scrutinize it. I'm going to look. And if I look at that record and it looks like, I don't know, it, it would be a miracle for them to live on this amount because if this reflects their income from January to July, I'm going to look at this. And I'm going to say, if this reflects, if this is 
a tenth of what you've made this year, then you're a living miracle. And you're either going to testify next Sunday or you're going to repent and write a check. Because I'm going to call you to account. Because I can't have people in ministry leadership here that do not believe in the promise and in the word. We cannot, and you're going to understand this in a minute, a minute what I'm talking about. We cannot believe in all the other aspects of church in the kingdom of God and reject this one. It goes against the very purpose and promise of God. If there's people in this room today, you're trying to figure out why you never get out of the situation you're in, it could possibly be because you know how to lift your hands and shout, but you don't know how to write a check. It could possibly be because you know how to clap your hands, you know how to sing the song, you know how to pray at 6 o'clock on Wednesday morning, but you do not know how to sow bountifully so that a harvest can come out of all of that because one without the other is none. So do you have that revelation? What you sow into casts a bright light on the things that you and I are passionate about. I'm not telling that story. What you sow into casts a bright light on what you and I are passionate about. You sow into your family? You're passionate. You sow into the kingdom of God? Reveals passion. You sow into your future, reveals passion. I have to ask again, do you have that revelation that says, you know what? I'm a sower, and I'm more than a sower. I'm a giver, and I'm more than a giver. Because it isn't about, see, this is the thing, the, the conflict within the church is that people despise and don't like the church and complain about there's the biggest complaint in the church is that the church talks about money yes and they talk about worship and they talk about prayer and they talk about the laying on of hands and they talk about redemption and they talk about healing they talk about forgiveness they talk about all of these other things because it all goes together does Yahweh need our money does he need it does he need your money? No, he needs your success. Yes, success comes out of the fruit. Yes. Success is the harvest. Yes. He doesn't need your money, but he needs you to succeed. Right. See, and success doesn't look like the entire church world on welfare. Neither does success look like the guy driving a Lamborghini every week. But what success does look like, I don't have my wallet on me right now, what success does look like is me being able to pull my wallet out of my pocket, pulling out a $5 bill and saying, I don't owe this to anybody. If this is all I've got left is $5, I don't owe it to anybody. That is success. And with that, I can do something. Maybe I'll sow it. Does he need our money? No, he needs our success. And our money makes a way for that. 
Are you hearing me today? Point two, without reason, what we, what we don't sow into, listen to me. This is true, and I'm going to give you an illustration. What we don't, say it with me, in fact, say what we don't sow into. Let's make it personal. What I don't sow into becomes a burden and a vacuum. When I sow into the church, I appreciate the church. When I sow into the kingdom, I appreciate the kingdom. If I don't sow into my kids, they become a burden and a vacuum. It's true. What does that mean? What do you mean if I don't sow into my kids? If I had children, like happens all over the world today, certainly in the United States, let's, say, let's pick on the United States. If I had children and I never sowed into them, I never sowed into them wisdom, I never sowed into them knowledge, I never taught them, I never sat them on my lap, I never uh, sat beside them on the bed at night and prayed over them, ministered to them, taught them. The, if I never sowed into them, if I never said to them, my kids have never lived a week in their life without me explaining to them, teaching them the importance of an education. Never a day in their life without me talking to them about it's important that you honor the Father with everything that you are rising up and lying down. Are you always going to do that perfectly? Absolutely not. But at the end of the day, the whole of your life is that you are honoring God. And if I don't sow into them, Anybody who has not sown into their children, those children have become a burden and a vacuum to them. Always needy, always needy. I need you. Help me. Rescue me. Save me. Get me out of this mess. Help me. Still love them. Am I being real? You love them. But in the secret places of your master bedroom with your wife when it's just you and your wife talking and you're telling each other, I'll be so glad when they actually get a job. Why didn't we teach them the importance of making a living? Why didn't we sow into them the wisdom and the knowledge of what it means to become a man, to be a righteous woman? Why didn't we sow into them the wisdom and the knowledge of what it is to overcome obstacles, to get back up, put your shoulders back? Why didn't we sow into them the revelation of what it means to repent so that when something came up, they would repent instead of carrying that offense and that trash and that garbage around with them everywhere that they went and infect everybody they get around? Is anybody hearing me today? If I don't invest in my kids... They become a burden. They become a vacuum. If I don't invest in my career, life becomes challenging. If I don't say, you know what, even today coming out here, Father, I want to minister your word exactly the way that you want me to minister to it. Not everybody, maybe not everybody's going to like the way I minister it or the way I say it or the way that I do it, but I'm going to like it because I'm going to know that at the end of the service, I have been faithful to what you've called me to say and do today. So I'm going to be faithful over this and I'm going to invest in my moment and I'm going to speak to it and I'm going to prepare myself and I'm going to make myself ready and I'm going to go to school and I'm going to get an education and I'm going to get around people that are smarter than me and that will challenge me and won't just pat me on the back and say everything's going to be okay but sometimes might be willing to put their arm around me and say, baby, I love you but don't ever do that again. What were you thinking? 
I invest, if I don't sow in to who I am and into my career, I become a burden. I become a vacuum on everybody else because all of a sudden, their taxes have to pay for my living. The reality of it is, oh, this is a little bit political, and I don't mean to be political. Maybe I do. I don't know. It came to me, so I'm going to blame it on the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the whole idea of government student loans is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life, even though I've used them. Because what it's done is it's made us not come to the place where we begin to sow into ourselves the ability to learn, to know how to make it, prepare ourselves so that we can get educated and we don't need to depend on somebody else to do it. A little soapbox. I'll share that for free. If we don't sow into the kingdom, this is where it gets real. If we don't sow into the kingdom, we become a burden and a vacuum. What do you mean if I don't sow into the kingdom? If you don't, because if you don't get the revelation of what giving and sowing is, it makes your revelation of praise and worship, makes your revelation of intercession invalid. It's true. Now, you'll understand in a moment because you try to mingle seed together that doesn't belong and the whole thing becomes defiled. If we don't sow into the kingdom, we become a burden and a vacuum. How do I sow into the kingdom? I sow into the kingdom by becoming a part of it. I don't become a, part, I don't become a watcher. I become a participant. I don't look for everybody else to fill in all the holes. I'm trying to find a way. How can I do it? When I got saved, when I got saved, when I came to the Lord, when I, the only way I knew, I'm 20 years old, I'm an adult, I'm a grown man. When I walked into that church and I gave my heart to the Lord, when I walked into that church, I didn't know what was ahead. I had no idea what was ahead. But you know what I did? I got saved on that Monday night. Tuesday, I was already asking, where can I help? I work a full-time job. I'm up on roofs, hot roofs every day in Houston, Texas. At that time, I was putting in sheet metal roofs on hotels all over Houston. It was hot. It's the hottest place. Houston, there's hell, then there's Houston. And I'd be up on top of those hotels, tethered to whatever I could tether to in case I slipped, putting on sheet metal roofs, hot. And I'd get home. I worked four 10-hour shifts, and I'd get home after that 10-hour shift, and I'd go straight to the church and say, what are you all doing? What do you need? Well, we need somebody to clean the toilets. Show me where the toilet bowl thing is. Where's the, where's the cleaner? Where's the Windex? Whatever it is, what do you use? Where is it? That was a big church. There was a big church I used to go. They had a lot of toilets. From that time forward, I was cleaning toilets, for, it seemed like forever. <laughs> but you know what? The kingdom became real to me because I continued to invest, and the more I invested into the kingdom, whatever level of finance, whatever level of opportunity, whatever level of effort that I could sow into the kingdom, I'm reaping a harvest on that today. Those of you that clean the toilets in this building, you're part of my harvest. And I do not take you lightly. Those of you that spray Windex on these windows, I don't even know who all does it. 
picks up paper. I watch Joe Hoffman walk around here. If he sees anything, on, he'll be sitting in that seat where he's at right now. If he sees a piece of paper fall over there, before he shakes a hand, he'll be over here picking it up after service. Many of you are that way. He's part of my harvest. And his is coming and present. I don't need a reason. I just sow. But if I don't sow, I become a burden. Why do I sow? Because it's holy. Deuteronomy 22.9, let's read this. This is what's going to be rattling. Are you ready? Deuteronomy 22.9, everybody say, that's why. Reads like this in the English Standard Version, you shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed, or all the produce of the seed which you have sown, and the increase of the vineyard will become defiled. Let me read that again. You shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed, or all the produce of the seed which you have sown, and the increase of the vineyard will become defiled. Let's look at this last part says, if you try to sow two kinds of seed, one that represents what is holy and one that represents what is not. If we got into Malachi right now, we could get into what all the unholy, I can't get in there yet, but I'll, I'll help you understand in a second. Then it says, all the produce, everything that comes out, the seed's going to produce something, but all the produce of the seed that you have sown and the increase of what is left, even that that grows off to the side that you didn't glean, and this thing begins to grow. Anybody that's ever had a garden, you knew you thought you harvested every piece of fruit in that garden, every vegetable in that garden. You go out there two weeks later, and somehow something has popped up. This thing has begun to seem like taking on a life of its own. It's begun to increase and expand. He said not only will the produce of the seed but also the increase of the vineyard, both of them together will become defiled if you try to mix two seeds together. What's that mean? Let me help you understand. Again, I want to say that sowing and giving is the most questioned part of any church service by anybody. Probably today, there's people here questioning why is he preaching about this? Because I'm trying to save your life. You might think, you just want more money. No, I want more of you. I want more of you. Sowing and giving is the most questioned part of any church service. So here's some questions. Do we question the praise and worship? When we have praise and worship, do we ever say, why do we do this? Why not? Do we question the invitation at the end of the service? Anybody want to get saved? Do we ever question that? Why do we do that? Why not? Do we question the prayers offered when we gather? Why not? Why do we question sowing and giving? Because it costs us something that is tangible. We feel it. Because we've given it more value than any other part. Because I can touch it with my hand. I can smell it. I realize when I put this in the offering and I go out there, if I had $10 in my wallet and I put $5 in the offering, now I have to trust for a $5 meal at Texas Roadhouse, which probably won't happen.
But why do we question giving? I say all of that today to make you aware of something. And let me wrap this with hope. If you want to know why do we give, maybe you didn't want to know. But why do we give? Why does that preacher stand up there and say to us, bring your tithe and bring your offering? I never have to say, sing. Why does that preacher stand up there and say, bring your tithe and your offering? It makes me really uncomfortable when that preacher does that. I want you to understand something. It makes me really uncomfortable, me, to believe that anybody would come into the kingdom of God and not at least in a very genuine way try to engage all of the truths. So if I go back to Deuteronomy 22, you shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed. I cannot sow into worship and I cannot sow into prayer and fill in the blank. I cannot sow into this part of what the kingdom is and then mix a thieving spirit in with it. I'm going to sow, but I'm not going to sow in fullness. I'm not going to sow what he asks of me. I'm not going to sow in faith. I'm not going to sow in joy. I'm not going to sow bountifully. I'm not going to do it like this. I'm just going to be a token person. And the Father says, you've defiled the whole thing. The whole thing. My heart for you today is that you get the revelation of the holiness of our giving. I met with Yi, the business manager of the church, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And I sat down with Yi and I said, Yi, explain to me, share with me, when you are receiving the tithe and offering or the funds come into this house, however they come, whether through the ELC or the school or the tithe and offering of the people, when you receive those funds, what do you see? What is that to you? And I knew in his mind he was probably trying to sort out what answer I might be looking for, which is what I would do, which is what you would probably do. And I said... It's holy. And I said to him, and he is in this room right now, and he will tell you that this is a true statement. I said to him, if you cannot get the revelation that what comes into this house financially is holy, you do not belong in this position. Because if it is not holy to you, I am being irresponsible with the trust that the people have put in me to bring it. I entertained a thought this past week, or two weeks ago, to begin to build this. And it was what I had addressed a moment ago, and that was I began to ask myself the question, why is it 
I ask myself all the time, why do we do the things that we do and why do we do them the way we do them in church services? Why do we do that? I can't stand it. I can't stand the tradition of the way that we meet. Even for three or four months, we took every chair out of this room and everybody stood up the entire time because that's the way the original church did it. They didn't have chairs. They didn't have chairs until a few hundred, couple hundred years ago. Never had a chair in the church. Never did. They stood. Isn't that crazy? We introduced them. The moment we introduced chairs, everybody got complacent. Because somebody had a good idea that it would be nice to sit down and not be interactive in church. So I question all the time, and I'm asking myself, why do I stand up here and receive the tithe and offering? And then I begin to immediately in my mind rush through all of these thoughts about what I had been taught by my spiritual father, my mentors, those who had gone before me, and everything that I had heard, never preached, and so on and so forth. I'd heard so many people say, this is why we do it. We do it because, you know, we expect them to come up. We don't pass the plate because of this reason. And, and I rehearsed all the things that I'd ever heard of people saying, and I, and I thought for a second, I thought in me, what if I never did it that way again? But those who get, I won't stop teaching and I won't stop saying, bring your tithe, bring your offering, be faithful over it, but bring it because it's in your heart and because you have that revelation. Because if you don't have that revelation, there's not a lot I can do for you anyway. And I thought, what if I just stop receiving it the way that we did would they still bring it and you know what can I tell you how much human I still am can I reveal a little bit of what Adam still exists in me my mind was that would be the stupidest dumbest thing I've ever done in my whole ministry life <laughs> but I'm not doing it again I have stood in front of this church for the last time for now unless Holy Spirit changes that position and I am not going to say to you, unless you're visiting, I'm going to give opportunity, I don't know how I'm going to do that yet, to the visitors that are coming, because I want them to learn. But I'm not going to stand up here. You're going to bring your tithe and offering because you got that revelation. And if you want to reap bountifully, get your bountiful mindset on. And it's not because I'm afraid... To receive, I'm the last person afraid to receive the tithe and offering. I'll receive, I don't care. I'll receive it. But I'm going to find out what kind of faith do you have. What are you willing to sow into? Why do we sow? We sow because it's holy. And the Father says, I want you to succeed. So let me ask you this question. How much do you want to succeed? All of you earlier, all of you resoundingly. Yeah. If you didn't stand up there, I'd still bring it. I'm not telling any of my minister friends that don't say anything to George. Just give him our address if he wants to send an offering.
Because I am not the kind of visionary, I'm not the kind of leader that stands up here and is interested in doing everything like we've always done it. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna push the boundaries. And I wanna say about the kingdom of God, I wanna say, you know what, I want the kingdom of God to become real to people. And sometimes we make it too easy for people to be fake within the reality. We give people too much space to be cheesy in the middle of your reality, Father. To put on their makeup and to look like the part, but they aren't the part. Let's find out, are you the part? Are you the part? Are you the part? Here's the thing, somebody's gonna say, some of my friends when they find out about this, like Jim Schneider will find out about it later today, I'm sure he'll hear about it because somebody will say something or put it on Facebook or something. He'll, he, maybe he's listening right now, or maybe my mom, you're watching, mom, don't put anything on there, mom. <laughs> and Jim will be, man, have you lost your mind? What are you thinking? And then you know what comes after that? What if? What if? What if? What if? What if? And our best of friends are usually the ones that come with all the ifs. Everybody else is like, yeah, like you, yeah. How many of you are excited about this? <laughs> Careful. What's more than that, I'm not giving you another announcement. I'm coming to have church. I made my last announcement today. You want to be a part of it? We make every opportunity for you to. We have the website. There's so many ways. You, there are 10,000 ways for people to be, to know what's going on in here. And if it's important to you, you will figure it out. I want some diggers. I'm going to get there. I'm looking for some diggers. I'm looking for some folks that want to get down into those deep places where we don't have all knowledge yet. I want to bring some of the deep into the shallow. I want to get there. I want to know it. I want to understand it. I want it to be a revelation to me. And then I want to bring it up here where I can walk in it. Are you ready? Why are we sowers? Why are we givers? For the same reason that I we shout. For the same reason I live. I cannot shout honestly if I can't give honestly. I can't pray honestly if I can't give honestly. If you're in the room and you've had a revelation of giving but you're robbing from God, you had the, now if you don't have the revelation, you didn't know any better. I'm not, no condemnation, but a lot of condemnation on all of you that have known and haven't done it. I'm piling it on. You knew better and just decided, I'm gonna be the rebellious one. Shame on you. Get your thumb out of your mouth. Get it right. You can't pray honestly if you can't give honestly. You can't worship honestly if you can't give honestly. You can't relate. You can't serve honestly. You can't even honor the, honor the Father honestly if you can't give honestly. Because that's part of it. That's why. Everybody say, that's why. Say, it's holy. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's holy. See, I told you I'd get that done in 20 minutes, didn't I? A new coming out. It could be 
Interesting. Now I asked Holy Spirit, and they prayed over me this morning, spoke over me. When I told them what I was doing, that the words would come out right, I trust that they have. I trust that you know that I care about you. I don't care about what you think, but I care about you. I care about your growth. Your thoughts are irrelevant. We all have them. In fact, I don't, most, I, most, when people share them with me, a lot of times I don't even want, I'm like, oh, did I need to know that? <laughs> but I care about you. Do you care about you? Yes. Lay hold of it. Yes. Lay hold of it. Lay hold of it. Amen? Yes. Stand with me. Honey, please join me. Stand with me if you would. Look me right in the eye. Don't close your eyes. Don't bow your heads. Don't make weird noises on this PA system. <laughs> but look me right in the eye. Father, I lift my voice over everyone. Over every man, every woman. I speak to their seed. I speak to their sons. I speak to their daughters. I speak to their husbands, to their wives, to their employers, to their employees, to their whomever. I speak to them today. And I declare that in them is the wisdom of God. That they understand that all wisdom and all knowledge dwells in them because your spirit dwells in them. But I also understand, look me right in the eye, I also understand there are people looking me in the face today, maybe even on the other side of the glass of that camera. You do not know the Lord. You have absolutely no relationship with the Father. You have no idea what I've been talking about today. But I'm telling you right now, I'm speaking to you. If you will simply say, Father, forgive me. I want to know you. He will, in his moment and in his time, cause all the things that you're hearing to begin to make supernatural sense to you. It will become a revelation to you. Receive him today. Receive the revelation. Be changed. Every man every woman if there is a fence about anything that I have said today or over the last 30 years of ministry <laughs> repent of it today let today be the day that it is no longer your giant let today be that day. If there's fear in you, let today be the day where it is no longer your giant. I speak over this people today. And with the authority of your anointing, I declare that your word is alive and well and at work in our mind and spirit today in Jesus name amen 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 amen